my spidey senses tingling. Hello. He's not so secretly invading your hearts. And he's the host of the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 103. He's slim. <laughs> Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast, where we talk about industry news. Uh, we'll talk about the books that we're reading this week. But we also do a book club. Bendis, Secret Invasion. Welcome to the show. We also read your letters to close out the show at the end. Um, but thanks for tuning in. We'll go around and introduce the hosts. Uh, to my left, sipping a Diet Coca-Cola. Alleged. Alleged. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. He's a writer. He is a daredevil aficionado. I would agree. I wish I they put uh, Bendis and Malif back on uh, Daredevil. Never happened. Uh, you saw the sales of Moon Knight down the tubes. Oof. Uh, welcome to the show, Jonesy Loves Beer. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be back, as uh, always on the reg, as people would say, on the reg. I'm not sure I'm not sure what that means. On the regular? It's slang. I don't have Mark here to correct me, so I'm, I have to be Jonesy's right. Jonesy's last show, everybody. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Uh, VP of merch, Twitter celeb. You are also the VP of spite. Uh, you're a meme star. You have memes all over the internet. Yeah, I do. I um, I'm quite proud of them, even though I not I never cr- make one about myself. They're out there. You're a father too. I am. A father. You, you're really big into Greek Week this week. Don't be surprised when I weigh in tomorrow. I have gained weight <laughs> because I am uninhibited with the Greek food for lunch and dinner. All so it, wow, just all heroes all the time. We got a lot of lamb going on there, babe. It was like it would be. This is me when I was 22 and I wanted to go to Hedonism, Jamaica. This is the my adult version of that. Just going buck wild over there at the same well, Orthodox thanks. Church. Thanks for being here. Otherwise, glad uh, you could make it. It's good to be here. Thank you. Um, really huge show tonight. Secret Invasion by Brian Michael Bendis and Leanne Liu. Um... He's doing some pretty great covers. Did you see the Captain Marvel cover that they previewed today for um, Avengers? No. Anybody? Whew, that no, guy, really? He's, he's becoming a cover sensation. He should probably just do covers. He'll be like the next John Cassidy. Guy would be on Although, fire. Hopefully he doesn't stink like John Cassidy anymore. <laughs> My word. So, um, 
What's happening in the world of comic news, Dale? Anything exciting? DC squared. Huh? Really? Did you hear about this? A I might have. Digital format of the like by by the DC Comics announced by none other than Twitter book club aficionado Jim Lee. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> book club. <laughs> you won't let that die. What book did they do a Twitter book club on? Oh, man, what was it? Is it was it Justice League or was it a Green Lantern book? Oh, no. It I want to say been... it was like a Darkest Night book, maybe. Yeah, it couldn't have been one that they neither of them did. It was probably man, Scott they... Snyder or something. You you hold a grudge like nobody I've ever met I mean, when they, they lit just... up your Twitter feed that <laughs> night. Ign- t- totally ignoring the thousands of fans trying to jump in on the conversation. It was the biggest mishap of the year probably social media wise <laughs> bigger You're almost the... bigger than the uh, breakdown of those restaurant owners oh my god that's that's a topic for a different podcast so dc squared is a is a dynamic format basically what they're trying to describe it as a choose your own adventure comic where mm. um the story goes the way you want to push it by um, there being different options on the page for how you want to take the story, and it could um, it could change the game. It could be mm-hmm. the the subject of the next Twitter book club, for all we know. For the uh, of course, you know that the fact that it has different outcomes. Every DC continuity person just had mm-hmm. a collective apoplexy about it. <laughs> How's it going to fit in the continuity, Dale? Is what they're saying. Like well, Lizzie's. it's going to be the the flaccid inducing Batman sixty six. Everybody, <laughs> that's that's what it's going to be first debut. You're not excited on. for that, Batman sixty six? Not really. Why? I don't know. I think everybody li- loves the idea and the memorabilia of Batman sixty six. But when he when he when he got down to brass tacks, I love getting down to brass tacks, Dale. Back to your point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I could, I could take or why do you why Batman do you hate nice things? Why do you want people? Why don't you like it when people take chances? Is that just something you're against no, in general? No, I like when people take chances. I just the subject matter, you know, it's kind of just leaves me. What would be like? Well, what would be the DC property that gets you, um, the opposite of flaccid? The what DC property would get you jumping out of bed, putting your slippers on, and running over to get your iPad in the morning like, next to your mocha and downloading? Like Scrooge throwing open the windows Christmas morning, finding out <laughs> it's still Christmas morning, and throwing down my pence for a Christmas goose. Digital Scrooge, Dale <laughs> underscore A. Uh, no DC property, probably, let's be honest. Um, what, else, what else do we have in the world of uh, comic news? Fables, you guys familiar with um, Bill Willingham's Fables yeah, property? A, one of the few comic books I'm aware of that has its own comic convention. Wow. Well, it's going to have its very own comic movie soon. What? It's in development for a, a movie studio. The cat who produced the Harry Potter movies is uh, for producing this, and it's going to be... Pretty epic, question mark. <laughs> uh, Danish director 
Nicolaj Arcel is attached to direct, and oh, someone that. who is credited as a writer on the Fantastic Four movie that's coming out is uh, in charge of the script. So, Fables movie, you guys tempted at all? I think that we're going to have a lot of people who enjoy that... Uh, What's that show on ABC that's kind of like the same premise? A rip-off of it? Yeah. Like Once? Uh, Once. I think it is just called Once. I think think that's going to draw a lot of people to this film because they're going to think it's like a film version of this show they love, which is good. Maybe it'll expose more people to fables and comics in general. I just hope they don't (laughs) see it as the... Jonesy is body slamming his... <laughs> Mike stand right now. I figure he since we uh, put... started broadcasting, I could just yeah go buck wild. Oh god, just put his mic stand in the million dollar dream <laughs> live on air. <laughs> I could have sworn it was the cross face chicken wing. <laughs> um, I, I'm more I'm more shocked that there's still going to be more Fantastic Four movies. Just shut, just let Marvel get the rights back. Yeah, that's kind of like I don't know. Blood How from much a more stone. money can you make on DVD sales from those mediocre Fantastic Four movies? I can't imagine that anyone is still buying those things, even on DVD. Ian Griffith is probably just getting them all sent to him. <laughs> Making another Fantastic Horatio Hornblower movie just to keep the hope alive. <laughs> There's Mister Hornblower. <laughs> uh, that's a anything else in the news? <laughs> Benicio, Del Toro, love him, and Amelia Pond herself from the Doctor Who series, both signed on for Guardians of the Galaxy. Whoa, big news. Is he playing the squirrel? Is there a squirrel? <laughs> There's a squirrel, right? My word. My word. Um, isn't that... I, th- I thought there was rumors that What's-His-Face is going to play the squirrel. The... Um... Uh, the car driver, what's his face? The British Jason, guy, Jason Statham. Yeah, that guy. That was a rumor I heard on the rumor mill. Did you create that rumor yourself? Well, you are in the industry. You probably heard it after uh, at the bar after one night at some big con, Chicago. Yeah, con. I'm not sure if you realize, but I am in the industry, and I just get fed movie rumors during the day. Jim Lee, will, Jeff Johns, and yourself are doing a Twitter book club about something and. <laughs> About Guardians of the Galaxy casting rumors. Absolutely. <laughs> Probably doing some face-to-face book club at the uh, Shake Shack down the street. <laughs> we know all about it. Big no, you know shack. where I would want to go is Bonchon. Probably one of the best, most delicious hot wings you can get. New York City. You want to come down for lunch, my friend, and treat me? We'll go to Bonchon anytime you want. I'm there. There you go. I'm, t- I'm taking a day off work. Come tomorrow. Going on the train. Take the train in. I'll come meet you at the train, and we'll hold hands and embrace uh, while we eat spicy hot wings. Can I come to your fancy happy hour that you have planned? No. No, you can't come to that. <laughs> it's a work-only party. We got to get into the book news. We're running the book, out of the book club, The book, the book uh, talk is what we need to get into. <laughs> I don't know First what's time. happening. First time. First time doing the show. Paperkeg.com. Check us out. Dale broke the Tumblr theme this week, and it was a lot of work to get it back to normal. <laughs> hat in hand. I came to Slim hat in hand. <laughs> Dude, there. Well, I'm so absolutely sorry. hat in hand. Dale uh, texted me 
and he says, oh, God, I am so sorry. And, like, I didn't know that there was three texts before that. So I was like, oh, man, what did I get roped into here? What's happening? And then I scroll up and Tumblr theme shenanigans happening. I don't know what he was doing. Probably taking a big poo, fudging around on his iPad, and who knows. I was VP of merching at the time, and things just went downhill from there. They went down the merch toilet. I'm, it's so funny because I'm pretty good with technology, but as soon as um, I screw it up, it's it's something that Slim has to has to interface with, or it's like has to do with the show somehow, and I just look like a big buffoon. <laughs> uh, buffoonery of the year, Dale underscore A. What did you read this week? Kurt Busiek. Oh no! The second coming uh, of Astro City. Hold on, I got to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Josie only read one book. <laughs> he didn't even read Secret Invasion. He just was going to talk about Astro City on the whole episode. <laughs> I was hoping to stretch I'll, it out. I'll pick another book, Jonesy. No, no, no. Go ahead, please, please. I'll f- no, I'll pick Green Lantern number twenty-one. Okay. No, get the heck out no, of here. No, read Astro City. How many books fine. did you read? I read three. I'm good. As long as right. Slim I doesn't. I want Dale to just soothe my my brain, describing the wonders of Kurt Busiek. Yeah, this is going to be Astro City. I don't mm. know why I know. It's like I know in my heart that Astro City is probably, I don't know, top three for me maybe. Top two. I, and I don't... I haven't, it's not like I have pretend to read it, have read it all. I'm not, I don't know anything much more than volume one of the original Astro City. But it, it did things to me that only Buffalo Bill would do <laughs> from the Hannibal Lecter movies. Okay. And then along comes Astro City number one, volume two, or whatever you want to call this. It's really the 60th issue in the run under the Vertigo imprint now. And the book opens with this wacky David Bowie-looking guy, but he's blue, and he's breaking the fourth wall, talking to the comic reader. He's basically convincing you that you are part of a a collective. He's speaking to a collective of people right now that's going to influence decisions made in Astro City itself. Um, a big door appears out of nowhere over uh, the harbor in Astro City. And the whole town, like when Thor's hammer in the movie was stuck in that rock, everybody got together and tried to pull it, the hammer from the the stone. Every superhero, everybody in Astro City is trying to break through this door much to no avail. And... Somebody opens the door, and it's a <clears throat> it's a star being from another race saying, Greetings, Astro City. I'm here uh, to learn and discuss about your cultures. And I we felt the best way of doing that was to sit here and basically let you beat on our door because if we try to show that we're not aggressive, we end up being aggressive. Or if we're not aggressive enough, you take it the wrong way. So we just figure... We, we prove we're impenetrable and you can't hurt us. And then we kind of just pop out of the door and try to make friends. So collectively, the readers, with the help of the broken man, his name is, 
uh, help basically influence the decision of just a regular guy who's a father of two, of two grown girls, single, to volunteer to be the liaison between this alien race and Astro City. And I, I don't know, it's just the dialogue in this book, spectacular. The art, spectacular. I, I don't know, it just it has this... It has this quality to it that's just i it's hard to explain it just it's adult it's a it's just more mature not adult it's not you know dirty or anything like that it's it's absolutely stunning i loved it how and about then, um, and then to come to find out the broken man at the end is really locked up in a loony bin straight jacket and all so he's he's communicating with you in his mind that's telekinesis Kyle <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I really like that uh, that reveal especially on the um, page for last where he says don't tr- whatever you do don't turn the page just oh, skip the next page and then of course the reveal was that he himself is insane yeah, yeah. or is he it's kind of weird it's it like draws you into like Astro City has this great ability just as a property to make you think outside the box while still reading a comic. And Mm -hmm. it it just makes you feel like, you know, could we be in the mind of some comic book character? Like, is the whole world some imagined concept? And uh, Kurt Busiek just tells that kind of story so great, like just in the vein of like a drink, like Secret Identity, where something just like a little off-center really just makes you think it's... I I I might actually continue this book and not stop after the first volume. I might, I might actually yeah. keep reading. The um, I actually the the beginning of the book kind of I didn't like the beginning of that issue. The issue I I was like scared that it wasn't going to live up to the high expectations that we have for volume one, mainly the first trade because it's all any of us have ever read, even though we consider it to be amazing. Yeah, and it's and they were all single issues pretty much. And the coloring actually threw me for a loop too. I didn't. I wasn't super fond of the coloring while while reading on my iPad, and I don't know if it was the paper stock of the original trade or um, just reading for the first time Astro City digitally. It, it threw me for a loop. The coloring. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me. And I don't know if if Busick you know whether Busiek uh came up with all these characters on his own or you know through a collective hive mind they come up with all these characters in Astro City but American Chibi was the <laughs> oh, most yeah. it's like that. super creative she's this little anime character totally stands out and looks like an anime character but in a basically what it, what's illustrated as the real world otherwise so she's totally pinpointed as American Chibi mm-hmm. and it, I don't know it's just it's so creative I just I love that uh, Broken Man's line where he's like, you know, is it she an science experiment gone wrong? Is she, you know, a 13-year-old girl whose magical wish came true? Or worse, is she a 40-year-old man whose magical wish came true? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, a, what a great one-liner. Um, how about the, uh, plus the first six issues are now available digitally for the first time. First issue's free. Mm-hmm. Free. Yeah. Yeah, guys, if you if you have any reservations, even if you don't have a, a a tablet or a phone where you read your comics, 
get sign up for a Comicsology account and and get the free issue of Astro City and read it on the web because you will not regret reading a book that may change your life. Money back guarantee. Life. Money back. Yeah. I interrupted um, Slim, I think. I was just trying to make a joke and then you just walked all over it. Um, yeah, that's what I do, unfortunately. Jonesy, if you read any other books this week, I'd love <laughs> to hear about them. I want to talk about a book that got the bloom back <laughs> and then threw it away this week. And that's all new X Men issue number twelve. Did you guys get a chance to read this book this week? I did. I can't wait to hear I, what you think. Twenty odd pages of Cyclops, the younger version, high fiving havoc, and that's it. We didn't get anything else. It's like, hey, uh I thought you were dead, but I'm also from the sixties. Uh no, high five, mm-hmm. man. We had a great relationship. You tried to kill the world. All right, hugs and kisses. Yeah, all right, me too. All right, let me hop on my jet and get out of here. That was the whole issue. I'm not. I'm yeah, not this, even, oh, I th- I thought what that. A dull note. Um, I I I love the story, but I did think it was a little long in a tooth, and the, there's no bloom falling off anything with me reading it. But that was a total like it's 22 pages as it is. Come on, all new like, X Men. That emotional I, scenery could have been chewed up in like three pages. The, no um, need to base a whole issue. I think we're getting into that point where Mark, former show host, now dead, talked about Ultimate Spider-Man getting a little fluffy and like nothing happening for 20 issues. I mean, mm-hmm. what is this, like issue 12 or 15? 12. 12. And, I mean, not a lot has happened. I mean, this is a, this in a, in a monthly shipping, this would have been a year's worth of story. Like, can you imagine... Yeah how annoyed Jonesy would be if this shipped originally every month. I mean, now yeah. I think it's going to be monthly. Um, but, I mean, there's there's not a lot. Like, I have $4 comic. But, I mean, the art, mm-hmm. I mean, Storm Imminent is, like, destroying everything that he draws, and it's gorgeous. And I enjoy it, but at some point, I, th- I remember way back they talked about how the original members were going to get new costumes, at, like, early on. And... Somebody asked Bendis on Tumblr, like, whatever happened to that story, and he said that they delayed it until the, what's the storyline called, Uh, Battle for the Atom, or Battle of the Atom, Uh, where, like, the future X-Men come back in time and say, like, these young X-Men have to go back. Um, So I... Which is crazy. Crazy amazing. I think he, (laughs) he's definitely slowing things down. I'm not sure if it's for the, I mean... This is just my opinion, obviously not fact, but it feels like he's going at a slower pace to either wait for that big crossover or to do that monthly sh- bi-monthly shipping schedule, which I guess now it's over. No, I kind of get what you're saying. It does feel like he's tapping the brakes in order for to allow somebody else to catch up. But I will say this. Himself. Anytime that uh, Eminent draws a Summers family member, Using their powers, it's probably just some of the best splash pages I've seen mm-hmm. in a really long time out of X-Men books. Oh, but yeah. I'm just saying, the Bloom has packed a suitcase, <laughs> it served mm-hmm. the Rose with divorce papers, and it's probably not ever coming back. Um, until I review the next issue and say how great it is. 
You're like Beauty and the Beast over there, stuck in his old castle. Tale <laughs> as old as time. The roses under that glass dome. The rose bloom is now under golden embargo. <laughs> the uh, I killed it. It's got I nothing to sing it. about now. My book that I, I want to talk about. You read. Um, I mean, it's probably a book that we all read. Daredevil, Dark Nights. Mm. Oh, you want to talk about the reverse of flaccid? <laughs> I mean, this is this this book might as well just get a sticker that says "deflaccidification" right yeah. on it. <laughs> the um, deflaccified for your eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Weeks, a uh, legendary artist, probably seen him on some Punisher. You know, maybe a little Daredevil back in the day. Bunch of other stuff. He's done. He's done everything. Spider Man during I think um, Brand New Day. I think he did that. I think he did a storyline. Anywho, the um, the book opens with Daredevil talking about never giving up and his father, and he's in a pile of snow. And then you reverse time and you see that he's in a hospital and he doesn't remember who he is. And but at the same time, Lee Weeks tells the story where a family has finally decided to go on that trip that they always delay every year, and they get in a car accident, and the mother is badly injured. She breaks both her legs. One of the daughter, their daughter comes out fine, but their son is has like brain injury, and he's in a coma only because they're keeping him alive. Like He, he will never recover. So they decide to uh, donate his organs. And, like, it just, I'm reading this on the train, and now I'm starting to get into reading with music on now all the time. Like, I pretty much can't read a comic without listening to music. Um, and I was reading this on the train, and, like, I think it's like five pages into the issue, and I'm, like, already emotionally impacted just by this entire story. You don't really know anything about this family outside of they're going on a trip. And the one time that the father finally agrees to go to the trip, this happens. And then they immediately need to make a decision about keeping their son alive or donating his organs. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was, and like, brutalized when I was reading this. When they, like, lean over to kiss kiss her on the forehead or kiss him on the forehead. No way. <laughs> my God. I, I, I would have to be physically restrained at that point. Like, I would probably just put me in the nuthouse after that. Because I would just yeah. that would be it for me. Yeah. So to think so to that think happens. About that choice. No good. Don't don't even want to think about it. No Keep good. it together, guys. Yeah, all Keep right. It together. Let's hold it together here. So this happens, and Daredevil is Matt Murdock. The amnesiac Matt Murdock is like freaking out because he's hearing all these noises. He's like realizing he has Daredevil powers, but he doesn't know he's Daredevil. So he hears um, a faint heartbeat, which would be the young girl that's going to be getting this boy's organs. So he underst- he kind of understands what's happening. And not only that, but at one point he hears in the distance, or he, he hears in the distance or he overhears that there's a helicopter en route um, with the organ that she needs. So um, on, in, in this entire story, there's like a fight breaks out downstairs in the hospital um, and he goes down to like beat up the thugs and he's just kind of in his hospital skivvies 
And once he gets back to the room and 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 held down, they they realize that in his briefcase he has Daredevil's costume. Mm-hmm. So, and then on top of that, he finally hears that the helicopter delivering these organs has gone down, and it's not going to make it to the hospital. So he gets up and puts his costume on in front of these well, like this nurse and the orderly, just full blown. I'm Daredevil. I got to do this. I got to go get this this organ, this heart. I think it was a heart. Um, so he goes on the top yeah. of the roof, and he does this like cool little sign off to these people, and jumps off the roof. And you think like, oh man, this is gonna be great. And then he, he's he's not even recovered yet from like this injury, so he falls onto another roof and then just like face plants in the snow on on the ground. So he's just like not even physically able to make this kind of movement or journey. And the the last page is him reciting the quotes about never giving up. And he gets up and he's like limping towards the camera to go get this organ. And I was like, damn you, Lee Weeks. This is amazing. I mean, the part, the parts where they, they know he's daredevil and they just, they just like connect. And there's just like no words spoken where it's just assumed like you're daredevil. You're going to do this. This is, this is going to be great. Like, you know, you have to do this. One of those moments that gave me chills, like a movie, like a big blockbuster movie moment, is when the uh, orderly flips over in the suit, the the case, mm-hmm. and you just see the DD, and the, and the line is like, "Oh my God, he's," and Matt looks over and he's like, "Show me the quickest way to the roof." And like <laughs> oh, the yeah. next scene, he's like, <laughs> he's like dressed and ready to go, like doing that classic superhero fitting my glove on uh-huh. like, preparation scene. Yeah, like that. That and gave the, me the chills a little bit while reading it, because it was paced so well. Like the same time, the orderly is trying to pick the lock on the briefcase because they don't know because his wallet was uh, Daredevil's Matt Murdock's wallet was stolen, so they don't know who he is. He's John Doe. They're trying to pick the briefcase, and at this point, he's basically like he knows about the helicopter, and he's telling the nurse, he's like, "Nurse, I can help." Trust me, I can help. And she's like, no, okay, you just need to sit down, sir. She's like, no, I can help. And then the f- briefcase flips open, and there's Daredevil's costume, and they're just like, whole, like maybe he can help. He is Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Like, and, which is brilliant, because they don't know he's Matt Murdock. They just know he's John Doe. Right. So after this, they still won't know who he is. Just, um, oh, man, it was the pacing of it. The art was gorgeous. The, I mean, it was, a per- it was a perfect issue. Absolutely yeah, perfect. I absolutely think it was. I wonder I mean, how long this issue's been in his head or how long the story's been around that he's wanted to tell. Yeah. Because it you know, the story unfolds like an old friend. Like the mm-hmm. the pacing is perfect. I mean, the art and breakdowns remind me of Born Again, like while I was reading it, that I, I almost wanted to get out Born Again and flip through it and mm-hmm. see if any of the panels were like direct homages. Like there's an outfit that Mur- uh, Matt Murdock wears that like kind of reminds me of the crazed Matt Murdock when he didn't really know what his identity was, where he had like the blue feather down jacket, mm-hmm. and he was kind of mm-hmm. like wandering the streets of New York. Like it, it just really felt like Lee Weeks was doing like an homage to yeah. Born Again while still telling his own incredible story. There was also the scene where I mean, there's like. A ton of little things. It's a book. The book's only two ninety nine, so I yeah, highly book, recommend it. There was no the brainer. part where the guy's flying the helicopter with the organs, and they know that there's like a huge storm in Chicago. And uh, let me see if I can find it 
like they they know full well they're going into a deadly storm to fly this. Um, you know, when the, the guy says you volunteered, you know, yeah, be careful. Cargo's secure. Having any second thoughts? And he says, yep, same as the first. What if it was my daughter? And then they just fly into the storm. Yeah, and ugh, it's just fantastic. They, I mean, the art and the the monologue does a, a great job at evoking the loneliness of a dead. New York City under snowstorm where nobody's out on the street but Matt Murdock and two thug, you know, thugs. And it, it, they do a great job of kind of explaining why Matt Murdock could have been mugged. He fought off two of the attackers, but the snowstorm was so heavy it was like snow interference on an old TV. Like his senses were all kind of out of whack and stuff, so the third thug like beat him with the baseball bat and stuff. But uh, it was just the the emotions evoked, the imagery of uh, a, a a dead New York City be, and the skyscrapers behind the snow and stuff, highly worth two ninety nine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even three ninety nine, I might talk somebody yeah. into it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh yeah, he, he did a bunch of Captain America, so people probably saw his work there. Um, we'll run that tape, guys. Run that tape. It's it's. I was telling Slim earlier. I was like, this is a huge week for books that need to be talked about so huge uh two sentences or less lightning round the most popular segment in the history of this show um dale underscore a did jonesy go do we talk about jonesy's book yeah we did talk about uh you know the balloon was off the rose and it got cold and embargoed (laughs) sorry (laughs) embargoed from your memory jeez (laughs) (laughs) green lantern 21 I like where Vendetti is taking the story. Then I see this artist Billy Tan is on the book. And then I remember after seeing it, then I usually throw those comics in the garbage. <laughs> Mid-read. Daredevil, End of Days, Issue 6. What a beautiful love letter to the supporting characters and relationships that Daredevil has built through the years with a don't spoil it end note to the Frank Miller (laughs) retelling of his origin spoilers spoilers how is that a spoiler (laughs) (laughs) Uh, big Marvel episode Fury Max number 12 Penultimate issue. Penultimate issue. Oh God! Lightning question. Mm. Lightning question. Um, possibly the best maxi series Marvel has ever published. Period. Secret invasion. Brian Michael Bendis, Lionel Yu. Jonesy, what is the secret invasion? Hot off the heels. Jonesy's mouth. It's got to feel weird after that Diet Coke at 11 o'clock at night. My God. Diet Coke makes me want to just go put my head in an oven. All right. So hot off the heels of uh, (laughs) Civil War, uh, Tony Stark has installed himself as pretty much the leader of the free world. Uh, nothing goes on without his know-how or 
his technology, which has infiltrated uh, every aspect of national and international defense. And then cut to a starting revelation. Electra, now dead, is a Skrull. How long has she been a Skrull? Where are the other Skrulls? Because where there's one, there's a hundred. A baffling and intense coup occurs where the Skrulls reveal themselves and quickly position themselves to take over the world. Simultaneously, the initiative, Avengers in Training, are tapped to kind of escape their clutches and regroup in the Savage Land, while also investigating a downed spacecraft, where they find the original Avengers, who think that they're Skrulls, question mark? At much battling and scroll discovery and Reed Richards stretchery occurs as the world fights for freedom. Is Tony Stark a scroll? Secret invasion. <laughs> Legendary synopsis right there. Thank you. <laughs> How great. I love Lionel Yu's art in this book. I think this is like the high water mark for him. His outside of birthright classic costume drawing when they're all the classic characters in the Savage Land, and he kind of just gets the opportunity to show off and do like a modern drawing of the old costumes. I thought was magical because the Savage Dragon colors to begin with are always going to be bright and cheery, so he's already has the environment to do these old costumes. And I, I found myself just lingering on those pages; they were so well done. Um, I will say that for its flaws, I think one of my favorite recurring moments is Tony Stark being totally useless and covered in vomit almost the entire series. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like every time we came back from commercial break, Tony was throwing up all over himself. <laughs> and yeah. he had it Virus. like, he had it on his like suit the whole time too. Like nobody would clean it off of him. He, I remember he was getting carried a few times and he had just had like brown vomit on his chest. <laughs> I will say this. Why does Spider-Woman always have to be the most pivotal character in every event that happens ever in Marvel while Brian Michael Bendis pens a page? Even if it's not really her. Ugh. He he loves her. He loves Luke Cage. He loves Jessica Mm -hmm. Jones, Drew, whatever the hell her name is. How's that baby? Yeah. Rest in peace, that that baby baby of theirs. It's done. R.I.P. Scroll baby. Ruining (laughs) story. <laughs> I remember I was trying to remember the era of these issues. I wasn't I don't I definitely was not reading Avengers. This was like the when Le- I think Lionel Yu did a few issues of New Avengers. Remember when there was like a Venom Wolverine cover? Mm-hmm. Um I think I think David Finch maybe did some of them. I don't remember, but I but the when Hawkeye was Ronin, I was not into that entire era of comics. I mean it's very similar to now where they they started with a hot artist and did rotating arcs of hot artists on new yeah. Avengers. Yeah, I was, I was, I remember going to New York comic con and they were pushing secret invasion big time. And they were like handing everybody cardboard scrawl masks mm-hmm. as you walked in the door. 
So that was like, that's just always going to stick out in my mind as around the time of Secret Invasion. And I was kind—I was pretty much just getting back into comics then. I was reading Avengers and New Avengers, and I thought they were great. Um, the main reading Secret Invasion proper, so far removed from the tie-ins that I was reading, I think definitely leaves some uh, story to be desired because of the eight issues, a lot happens in the eight issues, and some some of it a little confusing. I think, not that I didn't love the art and the and the overall story, and some of the bombs that get dropped, like Jarvis being a scrawl at the end of the first issue or, or whatever. Um, scrawl spoilers. The <laughs> I I just thought it was I, it's a great arc. But one that definitely th- makes you wonder what was going on with the rest of the universe. Because Secret Invasion was like you, you Marvel Universe wide. Mm-hmm. Every title I think had at least one Secret Invasion tie-in, and there was uh, a couple of the main players made me wonder about what was going on in their titles. Like Iron Man, I'm curious to see what the heck was going on in Iron Man when he's puking in the broken Thunderdome of Savage Land for eight issues. 22 pages and of him trying to recreate Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> oh, you know what? The, the era was, uh, I think, like, these Luke Cage's team were, like, renegades and outlaws. I remember this is, like, I guess post-Civil War lasted a pretty long time. Because mm-hmm. Thor, yeah. I guess, left and didn't want anything to do with Tony Stark. Yeah, JMS was still writing Thor here, and he was still mad at Tony for creating that uh, clone of him in Civil War, I think. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I, I was bummed out. I, like the trade cover, pr- like prominently displays Bucky, Cap, Thor, and Iron Man as major players. And there's a weird issue end where Bucky Cap is using binoculars to like see a Thor, and like I think that's the issue. And it's harder to tell in the trades, but it it was like a weird end of issue. Was Bucky Cap kind of still in secret? In this time frame? Because he was barely even in it. I think there was also uh, something that was confusing to me. There was a uh, a referral to... Well, we're not sure who are uh, scrolls or not in the Savage Land. There's like a red herring that, you know, someone says, that's actually Cap. Yeah. And you're left to wonder, is like, oh my God, is Cap back? Yeah. And I right. think I think if you were reading current and weren't aware of the return of Captain America storyline... You might have been like, "Oh my God, is this how Cap comes back to the Marvel U?" And maybe that's why Bucky Cap takes such a back seat and doesn't really show up to the end. But it doesn't make sense. It doesn't really hold up. You know, trying to go back and read it now is like a fresh story because I, you know, you know so much has happened since then. Yeah, but it's uh, it was kind of confusing because when that spaceship breaks open and all the old Avengers get out, clearly one of them is Captain America. Yeah, and he's climbing out with old Jive Turkey Luke Cage and and the rest of them, and then like two pages later, that's the real Cap. Well, was the real Cap stuck in the Scrawl ship with with every other Scrawl in existence? I it was very confusing the Captain America stuff. And I wonder if they went into that more, like you said, Dale, like in the uh, Captain America title that was going on mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, and. And the uh, the same stuff with like Nick Fury as, as being a ghost, but he's got the whole team behind him, the initiative or the new, Nick the, Fury's um, secret, secret warriors, def- secret warriors, yeah, 
Yeah. I remember that there being, was a, I think, a, a series or a miniseries. But I do remember reading that issue and, and crapping my pants when he showed up at the last page. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I pooped when I was younger. <laughs> I, I think when we read Civil War, so much happened in the main story. And you could follow so clearly. I was kind of hoping for the same thing in Secret Invasion. But I mm-hmm. think a majority of the important storytelling didn't happen. In the main title. Yeah, the stuff with, like, Reed's family dying or being murdered, like, was, I think that was all off-panel. Like, when he, the cool scene where Brand rescued him and he was, like, losing his S, like, I'll kill you, I'll kill them all, like, you murdered my family or they're dying. I was like, when is that happening? That's not happening right now. Was there a scene where the FF was, like, dying outside of that, like, warp? In the Baxter building? No, you know, I think the only thing they went on about was the fact that it was in the negative zone or whatever it's called. I don't think we see anybody in the Fantastic Four in danger. So that huge reveal where Ben and Johnny Storm kind of save everybody and everybody has these big smiles, like that have no emotional impact for me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I was like, they oh, were... good for them. I, I don't know. Yeah, they were away for seven issues and, and come to find out they were just babysitting like, the, you, you don't know what the struggle they went through or anything like that. Yeah, I wonder if that was what? similar to, like, the last page of the FF miniseries tie-in. Like, they, they yeah. eventually get out of the negative zone, and then they're just like, they're like, okay, let's relax and play with these toys. And then that's when Reed <laughs> shows up. The, um, what, what I think would be neat, and they didn't have to, I guess they didn't do it for the main title, but if there was, like, a compendium, like, even in the, if they did a hardcover where... They would show you panels and or pages and like refer back to the tie-in issue number, like find out mm. more of what happened here, you know, in, in Fantastic Four issue, whatever. Yeah. You know, a, a, a good event nonetheless, solid. Yeah, I think if we ever move on and read Dark Reign, I wonder if the last 10 years of Marvel has just been the redemption of Tony Stark because he kind of screwed mm. up everything in Civil War then he really screws it up in Secret Invasion. And then I'm pretty sure he's totally off the radar in um, Dark Rain. So the, I wonder... Um, go ahead. I was going to say the Dark Rain um, Punisher one-shot that Rick Remender did with J.R.J.R. was one of the most uh, violent comics I've ever read in my life from Marvel. <laughs> really? That was the one that happens right before Frankencastle. So uh, Punisher fights Dakin while he's in the brown and tan costume and Dakin just has his way with him for like 20 pages and slices him up into little body parts and throws him off a belt off a building. Oh my God. And it's brutal. It's really brutal. Like I was taken aback that they printed it. Jeez. How about, uh, how about Hawkeye's girlfriend? What was with Hawkeye's costume? Was he some kind of... He was Ronan. Sam- what yeah, is he was Ronan. I was, see. Uh, Ronan showed up in that Avengers... Finch Bendis reboot and then nobody mm-hmm. knew who he was and then he was revealed to be Hawkeye because remember Hawkeye died in Avengers Disassembled he like flew into a big ship's like rudder to turn it off or something I don't remember what the heck happened see this is where I could just turn to Mark and request the categorical knowledge of Hawkeye and he can give me issue and page number and bubble quote references 
Mm-hmm. It was all about there was a couple issues where they got into he was either leading the hand or with him with them yeah or something it has to do with the hand and all that it was it was entertaining enough I'll, I liked him I'll, I'll say I I love Bucky Cap's costume I don't know if I ever felt that way when it was a thing I th- I think it's gorgeous Maybe. yeah especially the way Lionel draws it Lionel. And obviously the big thing that kicks off Dark Reign is Norman Osborn. Is, S.H.I.E.L.D. is dissolved and Norman Osborn is put in charge because he fired the killing blow. The death blow. Yeah. So that was that was cool because obviously... Now, I, I don't know that much about Norman Osborn's story, but obviously he didn't plan on becoming like this face of saving the world but I guess he just used it to his advantage so he can get nice and crazy for in Dark Reign yeah was this was this his excuse go back off the deep end because they kind of uh, make it out to be that you know Thunderbolts is kind of his penance for all the crimes he's done and then that last page of Secret Invasion where he kind of meets all the, the cadre. major players of secret, uh, secret super secret super villains He's like, this is how it's going to be, like an old Dick Tracy comic. <laughs> like, I wonder why they decided not to let him go down that road to, you know, getting to be a semi-good guy. Mm-hmm. This set in motion, like, a one of those big changes for the Marvel Universe where Norman Osborn ran S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think that touched a lot of books. Like, that's a seismic shift. Like, Civil oh, yeah. War had a seismic shift. This had a seismic shift, but I don't. What other events have they had that did have kind of a universe-altering change? House like, did, of M. Okay, yeah, House of M. Uh, Shadowland. <laughs> you know what they don't talk about anymore is Spidey's change from House of M, where he lived a full life, married to Gwen Stacy, and he had those memories after House of M. Yeah, he, he never referenced up in the head. that again. Yeah, I mean that was amazing. Oh God, man, that was so good. Do you remember that, Dale? I didn't read that. I'd be curious. Yeah, House to... of M in the House of M universe, he married Gwen Stacy. But when House of M ended, he still had the entire lifetime's worth of memories wow. being married to Gwen Stacy. So he was like frazzled when he got back to Mary Jane, and he was like oh, okay. all screwed up. Yeah, um, wow. House of M, he had a, like a perfect life. He was married to Gwen. They had kids. People knew he was Spider-Man, but still loved him. Like mm-hmm. he just after, had this. After fresh off of watching the Amazing Spider-Man this weekend, I'm high on Gwen Stacy right now. Oh, so love her to death. There's boots. There's <laughs> boots. Uh, what else? What other? What were their other fear? Siege. Siege. I don't think had any big recurring seismic shifts except that like the top three were back together and Thor then uh, and Cap and Iron Man I yeah, guess recently I mean, Dark- uh, AVX is pretty big but uh, what was before that the mighty not the mighty um, fear itself fear itself eh. I think the biggest ones were had to have been like Civil War kicked off all those initiative miniseries hmm. and Nick Fury and the Secret Warriors miniseries and then Dark Reign kicked off like Dark Avengers, all those dark books for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't make them. Yeah, like that they was used a whole to. year of Marvel was just you know Dakin and 
At least everything like that. A year. Did Iron Patriot have his own title at one point? I don't think so. And then no. uh, Infinity, I guess, is technically their next event. I thought Ultron War was. I guess they're not really full event? events. I, think, I guess they're both mini events. Like Age of Ultron's a mini event. Infinity is a mini event, even though I'm not enthused for it at all. I think they're kind of doing that on purpose, though. Like they they did a lot with those titles, and AVX was very ambitious. So I think they're maybe laying off a little bit, mm-hmm. giving you these nice little events you can enjoy and not drown in. You know, yeah, drown in. You know, picking up what what used to be Avengers is now Dark Avengers or something like that. Now, now it's like Age of Ultron, Infinity, and like what foes of Superior Spider Man. Yeah, something that's weird. Like that. I can't believe they're doing that. Yeah. Um, the covers were amazing. Gabriel Del Otto. He he does them. He, he can do them. You know what book he did, which is amazing, is that uh, that new Secret War book that he did with Bendis. The like the reimagining of the Secret War, where um, oh really? Yeah. He uh, it took place I think before this. The Nick Fury rounded up the troops like Spider Man, Wolverine, Cap. Um, and a few others because he got intel that the chick that's running Latveria had weapons of mass destruction. So he sends them in undercover in new costumes to like not be recognized as who they are. And then he makes them forget about it when it's over. Like he wipes their memory of doing this job. And then the storyline is like them finding out about it and getting pissed off at him. And then they tell what happened. Like why he made them forget it? It was it was gorgeous. He also did that um, Wolverine miniseries. Uh, was it Sex something? Sex and Violence? Oh yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask you the X Force. The X Force mini. <laughs> yeah, that was really that was really good. You know, he did some Spider Man. Oh yeah. Oh, he did. He no, did some um, Avengers, but he didn't paint it like he did the other issues. He did pencil, so it looks a little different. There you have it. Oh, yeah, he was on Avenging Spider-Man for two issues. Yeah. Oh really? Oh, did I think he did the um, the dinosaur one? That's right. I love those issues. Yeah, you were like all about those two issues. The little boy, Devil, what was that? Devil Boy. <laughs> I I still want to do a Devil Dinosaur book club that nobody will download. No. <laughs> oh, man, you can start your own podcast and do that one. I think if you want. Good. I'm going to call it Devil Dinosaur we and Dale got your letters. <laughs> the Devil I'm and Dale. I'm going to open them up. <laughs> Farrington's going to read them to you. God bless. Letters at paperkeg.com. If you want to shoot us a letter, we will read it on the air live. Dale, you want to start? Former Wimpy Kids. I forced my wife to pause the voice on NBC so I could listen to the rest of Paper Keg 102. At first she was annoyed, but then she kind of enjoyed it. Her favorite parts when you said orange, she hates my Midwestern pronunciation, and when you made jokes about using ether on babies. <laughs> Kudos to you. That's Bridging the gap, uh, Dale Warner score A. <laughs> At Jim Lind for Pope on the Twitter. Thanks, Jim. Uh, I'd like to hear how he pronounces orange. And when specifically we pronounced orange on the show. 
And uh, thanks for getting your wife to listen. Even maybe she got a chuckle out of Forcibly. it. Forcibly. You know? I mean, ether baby jokes kill. I mean, those jokes kill. They do kill. People they're coming back around, is what it is. <laughs> uh, next letter from our boy uh, Jaybo. Gentlemen, secret invasion. I like to point out the awesome Inhuman story arc that comes with the secret invasion event. Black Bolt, Medusa, Lockjaw, and Ronan the Accuser. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who those characters are, but uh, thanks for writing in, J-Bo. Anyway, I'm writing in because of a letter in last week's episode that asked how you went about determining what did or did not constitute a comic book. Have you guys thought about reading some of the books out there that address a bit of this, a bit of this theorizing? Maybe as a book club? The one that comes to mind immediately is Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. Just a thought. Maybe a bit of comic book theory keg in a future episode. All my love, J-Bo. That was nice. All all my love back to you, J-Bo. Thanks, J-Bo. I don't know uh, what my feelings are on the question you just posed. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for my feelings. The classic LA (laughs) blow-off. Howdy, guys. Hope you're enjoying life as a power trio. Let's hope this doesn't wind up as Dale underscore A unplugged in the basement solo pirate DJ. Just wanted to drop a line on Secret Invasion. For my money, this was Bendis at the peak of his game, the way he weaved the story threads from Civil War and built the story up in the Avengers titles to pay it off in Secret Invasion was masterful and genuinely exciting. I read the whole lot in trade form and was completely engrossed. It was like a really good novel. That run on New Avengers up till end of Secret Invasion is in my top five Marvel runs. It got stale pretty shortly after Secret Invasion, but nobody was to know that. I saw the storyline reprised in the recent Avengers cartoon and it still played well. I wonder if one day that there will be a movie thread. Oh, I wonder if that will be a movie thread. I read somewhere Fox owned the scrawl rights, so perhaps it could actually play out in X-Men uh, Fantastic Four crossover movies down the track. I think a lot of casual movie fans would respond heavily to that kind of story. Secret Invasion had some tie-ins that really added to the event itself. If I ever saw this in omnibus form with some of the tie-ins, I'd grab it. If they did Frankencastle, they can sure throw this in a big omnibus. Later, guys, keep up the great work. Dave, A.K. Red Lantern 2051 on Twitter. That New Avengers run was... I love that New Avengers run. Hmm. From Breakout up until Secret Invasion was amazing. Breakout was good. Um, how about you blowing off J-Bo? His entire letter is... is we might as well have just not read it. You know? <laughs> Nobody even gave their two cents. I, it doesn't I, exist. I, I don't think we would ever do a prose book as a book club. But I think maybe a uh, you know what is a comic book could be a good theme show where we pick you know comics that blur the line. Can you imagine us doing a what? prose book? How much time do we have to spend reading a three hundred yeah. page? Prose We're fathers book? now, J Bo. You know I don't know if you know, but I, to be fair, Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics is like a comic. Oh, it's is like it? a comic about comics. It's not a prose book. Man, Jabo's going to be all But he's getting all deep. Like him and Panooch are like thick as thieves with their trying to get deep on the show. And I don't know if I'm, I can deal with that. You know what I mean? You don't want you don't want to deal with it. We read the comics. We read the Will Eisner book. I mean, what, what, <laughs> what, more, do, what more do these people want? <laughs> what Is that more? what you're about to say? 
What more do you want? Dale loses it live on air. What about uh, what about Red Lantern and his uh, his thoughts on uh, New Avengers? I can't I believe somebody has the Skrull rights and then that's a thing. Well, that's probably why they didn't call them Skrulls in the movie, in the Avengers movie. Well, they weren't Skrulls in the Avengers movie, were they? I kind of assumed they were Skrulls. Or Kree. Maybe I thought they were Kree. Yeah. The Chitauri, were, I thought, were supposed to be the Kree. Or maybe uh, not, because I think in the Ultimates, which was based off of... The Chitauri were the Skrulls because they were oh, shapeshifters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Mark Miller made them Skrullish yeah. characters. What? They wouldn't. Uh, they weren't. They, were, they weren't like shapeshifters. They didn't. I don't think they shapeshifted and took identities. They could just like change the way their bodies looked. I think. I, I guess you'd really have to look into what constitutes a Chitauri. You know, <laughs> I knew is you, it, were, I knew you were cooking up some <laughs> kind of line. I saw it on your face. That's why I couldn't. I had to keep. Getting it in my until I got my line in, I had to keep trying to interrupt. Oh God, help I'm us! I'm sorry. All. I'm Great sorry to the out. listening audience. I'm listening. I'm, I'm sorry to out. everybody. They've tuned out. It's over. I, I'm tuned out. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's, let's get, nuts. get nuts. Words to live by with Dale underscore. You want to get nuts? Michael Keaton, everybody. Let's get nuts. Remember we used to get like seven to ten letters? Now I realize probably four of those ten were addressed to Mark. Mark Farrington was a big piece of this show. God rest his soul. R.I.P. Mark. He took the the letter writing community with him. Come on, guys. (laughs) Write us a letter. We love you. Oh, jeez. I'm going to edit out your begging. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) edit Insert Dale underscore a begging here. That's what I'm going to overloop with. This is voice. going to be so much more funny when Mark unleashes his new podcast. <laughs> He's like, oh, guys, I don't have time to do this show. And then all of a sudden the Mark Farrington show comes out. That'd be a great 80 letters a week. It's going to be Facebook keg. Just him <laughs> tweeting about boys to men or whatever he does on there. <laughs> boys to men. <laughs> Joy and pain. That's not boys to men. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Lightning question or something like that? Lightning rebuttal? Uh, it was me, but everybody tuned out, so what's the point? What, all the viewers <laughs> drop off, drop down the zero? No, the, uh, was the Nick Fury Mac, Mac series meant to be 13 issues or 12? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, th- those Max series. I actually I called it a maxi series, and it wasn't like a pun. I know that those mini series that are longer are called maxi series. Um, but as far as I'm aware, it was supposed to be 13 issues. The, I mean, because it started when he was. It started. He's an old man telling stories to this tape recorder, and it, the first story he tells is when he's really young, and now he's he finally got to the point where he was kind of aged. Um. And the final issue, like the, they usually do, like one of those cool previews where they show art from the next issue, like next issue, and then they show like, you know, art with no context at all. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but this one just said final issue. I mean, you have. To, I, I mean, I think they might even still be three ninety nine in the app. So, I mean, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. Hey, yeah, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta do what you. Digital gotta trades, do. babe. That's what I'm like. <laughs> Digital trades, babe. Where's that Diet Coke at? What happened to that thing? I after the trolling yeah, you didn't, began, you didn't want to hear any more jokes. Across the room, try to <laughs> light it on fire. Start- my teeth started growing hair looking at you drink at that oh, thing geez, at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> like, I started ru- vigorously rubbing my tongue against my teeth to try to clean my teeth. <laughs> 11 o'clock, and there's a Coke. Is that what your doctor prescribes? You. you to drink Diet Coke at night? Yeah, well, you know, he says, oh, here, take these pills. Wash them down with a Diet Coke. You'll be fine. My God. Horrifying. We need to talk to some kind of expose television show and have that place <laughs> yeah. shut down. Dr. Drew, maybe we call into his show. Horrifying. It's like yeah. just a homeless guy with a shack. Should be like medical t- advice for free. Should be t- to catch a predator. Well, we invite that doctor over to a house and he <laughs> brings like a six pack of Diet Coke and pills <laughs> and is ready to give Jones another clean bill of health. <laughs> right. uh, uh, health. He wears, he probably wears one of those like big silver medallion headbands like kooky doctors wait, wait. back in the did day. Did you just sigh into Jonesy's health as, as if that was something <laughs> to be laughed about? Uh, uh-huh. I can neither confirm nor deny what I sighed into there. I'll go back and check the tape later. Don't worry. Yeah. You don't know how to check any tape. Don't You're absolutely yourself. right. <laughs> Every time we pick a book club on the fireside, it, it's never the book club. I love it because I think it, it keeps people guessing. I hope a ton oh, yeah, of people write right. Gambit, and then we're like, <laughs> "Yeah." Meanwhile, every like I'm the only one to speak up, so I say Gambit, and then there's crickets, cricket noises on the podcast. I got a mental picture of like comes up. Jonesy being a listener and sitting down with his <laughs> iPad and closing the Gambit book, and then we tell him, "No, no one, we're not reading Gambit," and he just does that like s eating grin Jonesy does when he bites his upper lip and just slowly puts his iPad away. <laughs> well, what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J- j- basically, Jonesy's Twitter icon. <laughs> the, the face, the face that you made, where uh, Mark said he didn't enjoy Skull Kickers. Oh, that was the exact moment where that, that face. Son was born. of a bee. Always has to be contrary. We all like the Flash, out of respect. So he doesn't. So that dear listener doesn't find out until the day before we record the next episode. What the book club is? <laughs> He's read Gambit six days previous. <laughs> Uh, uh, I was going to suggest a Dark Horse book. Oh, get in there. What one? Um, have we done BPRD? No, we have not. And I no. thought we talked about doing Shadows of the Empire, a Star Wars book for the first oh time. Oh, my. Oh, my. What's the page count on that, though? I feel like it could be a thousand. <laughs> Jonesy, I just, I just went in my pants right now. Hold on. <laughs> let me load up that website. Over the page count or over the thought of doing it? The thought. What is that book called? Empire? Shadows of the Empire? Wow. Shadows there's the According Empire, to the website, there are about 10 million Star Wars books with the word Empire in it. Yeah. Yeah, you're toast. <laughs> Gotta have dark, to back that down oh, a little it bit. Might, it might be Dark Empire. Maybe it was Dark Empire. Uh, let me queue up a little they bundle got, here. 162 they got that pages. New, uh, oh, that's man, it's oh, that's magical. Issues. Man. Oh, gosh. Mmm. We could sync that up for a Star Wars reading day. Is that a thing? That was going to be a news item. Hmm. 
Um, let me see. Let me Six see. years after the return of the Jedi, the Rebel Alliance has established a new republic over three-fourths of the galaxy. Looks great. Oh, my God, the colors. Got right here, Star Hold Wars. <laughs> October, oh, that's October 5th is the Star <laughs> Wars Reads Day. That's Let's a cue it year up. from now. Cue, cue it up for the next <laughs> Star Wars Reads Day. We'll put in, we'll put in the Google Doc. <laughs> with, a, with a calendar alert. Mm-hmm. Dark Empire. Yeah. Right. Let's mm. uh let's possibly I'm do excited. it but not commit. So no, don't let's get commit to doing it. it. Oh no, that's right. We said totally it's gonna different. happen. Yeah, we said it's damn. Just tricked myself out of reading Dark Empire. <laughs> Is it gonna happen? I really want to do it. Let's do a soft let's commit. That way we can still do it and that's, that's right. Right. Let's see what other books that I read. I think I read some other books this week, but I don't wanna um Avenging Spider Man I read. And actually, no, I didn't read. I paged through. I think I'm getting kind of off Avenging Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. I like... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Not Avenging Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man. I just paged through. Avenging is the one uh-huh. I like. Yost. Chichetto. Oh, man. Love Yost is killing it. Yost kills it on Spider-Man. I'm going to shock you right now. Wolverine Season 1. Enjoyable. Yeah? Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good to know. I was eyeballing that up at the comic book shop. Uh, I'm going to shock you even more. Ultimates number 25. Very enjoyable. The Ultimates. That's correct. Do you read that monthly? No, I, had, I do not. You just, so you just I, read it? I read it because Joshua Fialkov uh, is the new writer. And you don't not have only that, that but the artist is the artist from Punisher Warzone. Oh, oh man. Yeah, and he does... You, know, you remember how he drew Cap and Thor and Iron Man? Very well. Just imagine that for an entire issue. Yakulov. There it is. <laughs> uh, Lionel Yu drawing Thor in Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy killed it when he drew Thor. Killed it. Uh, well. Chainmail. Oh yeah. Did you uh, did you read Green Lantern twenty one? I did. Slim, slimmer. I put my whatever feelings I have for the Tan family aside, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. I don't know what the heck's going on. I I, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was nice and kind of like light hearted, light quote unquote. Like it didn't feel heavy. I like that. I don't. I'm behind. I was behind old John's Green Lantern like. 10 or 15 issues but this felt good i like that the new these new guardians are in place and they're obviously don't give a crap about the green lantern core as it stands they're leaving they're going on vacation and uh yeah i liked it though i mean the artwork was i mean it was like tears (laughs) like i was cutting it was like i was cutting onions digital onions but um but the story was, I liked it. It was nice and uh, nice Vendidi. little intro. That guy's on a hot streak. XO mm-hmm. hot streak. What I didn't know is the all the Lantern creative teams left on issue 20 on their respective books. Mm-hmm. That was like a coup. That was, as Jonesy would call, a coup. Because <laughs> we got to cut out. We got to cut that out when he said that. I was... <laughs> when did he say that? That was this episode? 
Yeah, Sonic Two. Secret Invasion talk. That's oh, not how you pronounce it. <laughs> no, yeah. The um, I just thought it was funny. You know who the writer is on? Uh, it's, it's either New Guardians or Green Lantern Corps is the guy that wrote um, Pinocchio Vampire Slayer, which is hilarious. Yeah, wasn't that uh, was that like Justin somebody? Who was that? Justin Van Jordan. G- it's a uh, Van Jensen. That's mm. how I remember his name. Guy's legend. Legendary. His name is just Van Jensen. Oh, that's it. That's all there is to his name. Did you read, uh, did you read the A plus X number eight? No, get that garbage out of here. Why is that still going on? A plus X. Who is know. buying it's that amazing. book? It's a great book. I'm buying it. I do know that you you love the book. What I'm is the premise behind still A plus X? A plus X is two two self contained stories. Every book. Where a member, uh, an Avenger, and an X Man get together in some happenstance way, and they have their little hijinks. So it's like a little it's buddy great. cop book for like twelve. Yeah, pages. it kind of is. Mm-hmm. The uh, there's one Bachelo story with Rogue and uh, who was it? Cat- Black, uh, uh, Black Widow. Oh, Black Widow. Yeah, great. That was when they were getting nails done. This past one was um, Jerry Dugan. What's his name for, on uh, the Gary, pool Gary book? Posen. Was, was he uh, helping out? Posen? Um, Gary Dugan and Brian Posen. <clears throat> but the Dugan character, he it was a, a Deadpool Hawkeye story. And they were like saving, I don't know, some restaurant owner from kidnapping from pirate underneath Manhattan. And uh, Deadpool was using a bow and arrow the whole time. And he created some his own trick arrows. And basically what he did was just... He bought when the Hulk movie came out, and they made those big Hulk hands that you smash together, and said Hulk <laughs> smash. He he made arrows with those green Hulk hands. <laughs> just said Hulk smash. Then they had explosives in them. That actually it, sounds. It, pretty, I mean, it's really funny. Fun. It's a fun book. It's a really fun book. They're they're hilarious writers. Did you did you ever check out that seventies Deadpool villain issue that they did? No, Remember I was talking about that no, one episode. It sounded highly amazing. It looked amazing. Yeah, highly it recommended. looked great. What about you, Jonesy? What else did you read? God, I got to read um, Superior Spider-Man was the only other title I really got to. And uh, Archer and Armstrong, which I'm still going strong with. No uh, do you guys keep on that? I, uh, I'm saving up the issues. Okay. I'm doing that with the East of West. I'm not reading that monthly. Yeah. I downloaded issue three, but I haven't read that either. You know what I wanted Just to read but, uh, again was uh, Halcyon. Remember that book? Which one was that? Was that no? I'm thinking of West of the Greats, um, where the heroes, there was no crime anymore. Yeah. Okay. That was the one. When the people kind of create, there crime. was a there was something happening preventing uh, the emotions related to wanting to cause crime or right, do bad right, things, right. and then the Batman character wanted to stop it because he didn't think it was moral. He wanted to turn yeah. the machine off. Maybe we should do that for a book club one time, one day. Oh, you know what? I um, listened back to Paper Keg 3, and I didn't tweet it, but it was the first time that you talked about Criminal as a book club, and I suggested it. Really? Yeah, I'm the one who suggested Criminal first and Paper Keg 3. 100 episodes later, here we we are. (laughs) Really? Wow. Yeah, the audio was like, I think I screenshot it because I wanted to loop it out, but it was like you being like, yeah, yeah, I think I could do Criminal as a book club. (laughs) <laughs> and then that's what set it off. 
great. The episode was great. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, obviously, I think we're great, but I was cracking up listening back to that sh- to that show. Specifically, what I won't be able to say here, but we were talking about uh, Sleeper with uh, the chick that was pretty much naked all the time. Yeah. Miss and, Misery. Uh, was that yeah, Miss Misery and her areolas. We were talking about, <laughs> and I couldn't remember what kind of quote she said something like really oddly out loud, and it it like just didn't fit in the book, and it was something like dirty talk, and I couldn't remember what it was, but then Mark recited it out loud, and it was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever heard in a podcast. <laughs> it, was, it was the the c word was used. Oh, rhymes with, rhymes with cl- no, it rhymes with a clock. Okay, not right. the other c yeah. word. Good lord, God but, bless. Uh, it was just like out of nowhere, and I was like, because I asked the question, and then Mark just kind of just said it out loud, like so <laughs> clippable, but I'd never be able to play it on the show. Oh, and wow. uh, it was it was hilarious. Let me see if I can find the quote. Let's see when my tweets came in the other day. Yeah, I think you tweeted it. You live tweeted the episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you combo Candyman did it a little bit. Oh, that's when you said he. Oh, you were talking about Dakin, and you said he did it with Gambit, even though that wasn't even true. They just kind of <laughs> flirted. <laughs> it was heavily implied. Uh, yeah, you you had also said that you chose Dakin as your book club begrudgingly, but you were, quote, removing it from your pull list, even though I think you <laughs> continued to talk about Dakin for like four more episodes. <laughs> Probably more than that. Um, let's see here. I can't. Your quote was, I can't even imagine what the insurance premiums are in Asgard. Must be through the roof. <laughs> that was like fear itself was just happening. Um. Here it is. I just lost it when Mark said, and I quote, did it make your C hard? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny because it was the sleeper and Swamp Thing dual recording. So we recorded two episodes and Dale couldn't make it. And you mm-hmm. originally weren't going to make it, Jonesy, so you filled in. So you didn't read Swamp Thing in time. I think I only read the first issue. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember at the end of episode three, where you were like, I think I said, we're going to talk about Swamp Thing. And then you were like, yes, I read it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait to listen back to that one because, I mean, that book is amazing. The first. Uh, yeah. I do remember. I think I let you go on for just like 40 minutes by yourself talking <laughs> talking about each panel. You I wonder what Mark, Mark thought like of it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah, I remember, I remember I... listening back when uh, you guys first when it was first released and i was so bummed that i couldn't mm. be on that i was mm-hmm. like so charged up about swamp thing <laughs>